AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. Hello, welcome to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly, Chief Customer Officer at Aldis International. In today's show, we're speaking with Niels Lanka. Niels is the VP and General Manager at, at AppsBU, Serens. Niels, very welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. Niels, would you give me a little bit of a background about yourself and your journey to now? And then maybe you could tell us a little bit more about Serens for people that don't actually know much about the company. Sure, I'm happy to. So I studied computer science and communication research in the 1980s and 90s, actually, because I wanted to do something with computers and communication uh, or, or, say, speech and language and all that. And I did my PhD in AI in 1995. Then right after I joined a company um, called Philips Dialogue Systems, which was a Philips company, obviously, and we... Um, we built dialogue systems using speech recognition for, for call center automation, stuff like that. And then, frankly, I've never switched job, really. Um, my company morphed. I um, got acquired and sold and uh, spun out and renamed, but it's still, I've never really moved away. I've done many things, and uh, now I run a business unit within uh, Serens, which is now the company, how it's called. And uh, we deal with, with new um, revenue share opportunities, new apps that we implement in the car. And then speaking about Serens a little bit, um, Serens got spun out out of a larger company that some of you may know called Nuance. We were spun out October uh, um, 2019. So we, we are a little over a year old. We are now an independent NASDAQ listed uh, company with a headquarter in, uh, in Burlington, close to Boston. And we built AI systems, conversational AI, as we call it, for the um, for the mobility space, mostly in automotive. So, if you've ever spoken to your car, if you drive a BMW or a Mercedes or a Volkswagen or an Audi or a Ford or uh, a Geely or whatever it might be, there is a very good chance you've spoken to one of our systems. Yeah. So we we have put speech and other technologies into more than 300 million cars historically. And uh, last year we shipped roughly uh, 50 million cars. So one out of two cars shipped has some Sirens technology in it. What was it like with all those different changes within the company and the culture? And because you've probably wore a lot of different hats throughout your time. That's that's right. So I've been in PS and in R&D and in product management and all that. And it's been very exciting. Um, because it's always been about uh, letting people interact with machines. But for many years, we called that just machine learning and stuff like that. And then say in, in um, 2010, 2011, we started using neural networks for doing what we are doing. <clears throat> and uh, today we are we're using neural networks, of course, in all our technologies. But back then we, we switched it over step-by-step uh, step from hidden Markov models to neural networks and all that. And then it was started to be called AI again, right? I started AI in the 1990s when it was symbolic AI and then um, machine learning was very different. But 
today it's the same thing. If you, you many people use AI and and deep learning nearly as synonyms today, and um, so the whole field has changed a lot. And also the expectations. I mean, back then it was kind of pioneering to put speech recognition into call centers, but today people really expect they can speak to their phones, they can speak to the television, they can speak to their cars. Having an interaction with a machine is now really normal and nothing really exotic anymore. And that's really what has changed the whole thing. It's being from from pioneering isolated solution to something that's that's a new normal today. It, it's really interesting if you ever look at how children interact with devices on Google, for example, or YouTube or Alexa, they never try to type anything. They just straight away talk, talk to it. So it's uh, Google, how many elephants are there in the world? Google, how do I set up this computer? Alexa, what day is it today? What weather, whatever the weather. So it's so normal for them to actually do this. And when you think about how we approach different situations, uh, it, it, it's just completely turned on its head and it becomes the, the requirement that people can interact in some regards and they prefer a consistent approach um, rather than necessarily uh, another live human on the, on the phone or interacting with them. That's totally right. And I mean, we have, we've enjoyed that, that from early on in the automotive space because their speech makes so much sense, right? You're driving, you should focus on driving, but you still want to do stuff. And in earlier times, it was just operating the navigation system or the radio. Today, people while driving want to stay connected. They want to be in touch with, um, with other people through social media. They want to... Um, send messages, they want to get information from the internet, they want to purchase stuff, right? We, we're building things we call smart domains where you can search for restaurants, search for gas stations, mark the purchase, we, you can play games and all that in your car. And, and speech is just a natural way of doing that. So that, that helped us a lot um, early on. And today, speech, as I say, is, is everywhere in the living room and um, on your phone and everywhere. And you need to make it consistent. It needs to be a consistent experience. Uh, and that's that's what we are building. We are building the speech experience in the car that naturally also integrates third-party assistance elsewhere, but it's still an OEM branded experience. Maybe I should mention that. You may not have, have heard about Sarens because what we built, we built it with and for the OEM. So they built an experience in their cars that's powered by Sarens, but it's, it's, it's branded by the OEMs. No? It's so helpful when you're driving on a relatively long distance to get your emails read out to you, listen to a podcast, listen to a meeting back, uh, send an email, send a text message, uh, an article that you wanted to read, um, but you haven't got the time, it can actually be read to you. So there's loads of real time savers that can add a a lot of impact. And for people having the comfort of a car with wi-fi and working it, it, it's it can be a real game changer absolutely and, and we see people actually um, need this because it's unsafe to do stuff on your smartphone while driving and but you you many people can't live without being connected for um for an hour or two and and we connect them from the car to their systems at home uh, we connect them to other systems we connect them to the internet and and to all the information they need so that's that's really the whole idea yeah. Yeah, so when we look at projects technology projects but 
the vast majority of them fail. Now, when we look at data science machine learning projects, depending on who you talk to, you're working at around 10% of data science projects will actually make it into production and the rest failing, quote unquote. And there's a variety of different reasons for that. Why is this? It's it's a good question, and let me start by saying it's not it's not true for us. Um, I mean, as I said, we we use data science or AI, deep learning, whatever you want to uh, uh, use to to name it. We do that as two levels. We do it at the core technology level. So we build speech recognition, we build natural language understanding technology, we build voice synthesis or text to speech. We do voice biometrics, and for all of that, we we use neural networks these days. So it's all data driven. And um, we have done that for so many years that it's for, for us, it's an evolution. We, we don't sit down and say, hey, do, do a totally new technology. For us, it's an evolution of things we have done for a long time. And then we do the same at the more conversational level. So you're having a conversation with your car and the car learns your preferences. I mentioned we do smart domains like finding fuel stations while you're driving. The system will learn that you prefer a brand over the other. And that's, of course, also using AI technologies. And I think the trick here is, um, and it brings us back to an earlier question, the whole question of saying, I have a data science project and now it fails, it's, it's, it's turning it backwards because you start with data science as a solution and then you look for a problem to solve. But in reality, you should start with a problem and then data science comes in handy to solve that problem. And then you don't work on the wrong problem and you, you don't build something that you need to look then for a problem for. If you start from the problem, you have a you, you really need that solution and it's less likely to fail in, in my opinion. You know, as, as we said before, people need to talk to their cars. There's a need for it, so solve it, that's it. Yeah. It's really, really important because if you look at the major challenge is that the problems that get solved, they're not necessarily that impactful. They don't necessarily move the dial forward. And consequently, morale can drop senior decision makers can get frustrated because it doesn't warrant the investment that's there and it's not something that they're going to become famous for where word will spread about the value that's added because it's being focused on the wrong problem as well talk to me a little bit about data dirty data inaccessibility of data making sure you've got the kind of the roadmap ahead that you've got a, a clear and precise way of going on that journey? Mm -hmm. I think the two questions actually are tied into each other because if you, um, if you have a problem to solve, you can't just look at the data science problem. You need to look in the, at, at the organization around it, at the processes, and also see what are the processes I'm gonna change? How is the, this impacting the overall organization? How does control and data and information flow today and how will it be in the future? Yeah, I mean, imagine you replace a business system by something that's data driven. Well, you already have data flowing today and you will have a new flow tomorrow and it will impact people. It will maybe cost some people their job. It will create new jobs and opportunities for others. It will make jobs more interesting for people. You need to, to look at the entire picture and then it becomes evident where you get the data from and who the people are who should help you. Yeah? Uh, tapping into data is very important. Again, for us, it's quite simple. Um, our technology used to be embedded only in the past. Um, today, we built hybrid, hybrid system with a cloud component. So cars are connected these days and that means 
a lot of the interaction uh, between the people and the and the cars, we get um, logs of that that we can use for specific purposes, uh, using all, well complying with all the uh, rules like GDPR and all that, of course, for specific purposes. But we have access to that data. But yes, you're right. In other circumstances, it may be a hard job to to getting the data in the first place. Uh, again, if you try to steal a job from somebody, they might not be helpful getting you the data you need. Right. Tell me about how the customer experience is changing and the, where we see the trends for the years ahead for the future of automotive. It's, it's a good question and, and some trends we're seeing happening already. So one trend is clearly connectivity. So some years ago, there were nearly any connected cars today. Most cars hitting the road are connected. So um, telematic services being connected to the internet um, being able to deploy new services in cars i mean a car used to be a fairly static object um, you would buy a car with a certain infotainment system it would be still be the same after five or six or ten years that's totally different today you can um, you have uh, all the the, the the large screens you have the software running in the head unit in the infotainment system with speech and, and, and other services and you can update them right you can update the the cloud service behind you can over the air update the, the components in the car and and keep the infotainment system fresh that's what Daimler does they recently launched the S class and um, there there's a certain technology in there and it will not stay the same they launched MBUX with the A class a couple of years ago and um, they're updating it all the time so systems evolve and and cars stay fresh yeah so infotainment is 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 clearly in itself a huge trend because some years ago you would sell a car by um, looking at horsepower and and complicated braking systems and stuff like that but today when I mean, you're moving to electrical cars and um, and uh, so the infotainment component gets a lot more exciting than, than the technical components inside the car. Yeah? And then finally, people want to stay connected. So they want to understand, is their heating at home working okay? They want to open the garage door while driving home. They want to uh, be connected with friends and family. They want to purchase stuff. Yeah? They may want to um, order a restaurant in advance either a table or a pickup in these days before they get there. They want to pay for fuel in a contactless way without having to, to enter the gas station. So uh, in car commerce is another trend we see. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because with, with COVID, what I've read is that where previously there was a lot of uh, sharing, ride sharing, public transport, people have become more focused on having their own car a, a car they own a personalized version of what they have their own space that they can have and that's pretty changing mindset a little bit and with electric it's it's becoming okay very sustainable so people are actually saying okay actually this is something that will be harming the environment and i can have a very personalized service myself in the car that i own that that's true so i mean there's there's competing trends here so for for environmental reasons and keeping cities also a place you want to live in um there is of course a trend to tokenized um shared rides uh, electrical buses and uh, by the way that's something we also deal with so we showed a nice concept there uh, at last year's CES, where you could interact with an electrical shared bus from the outside and inside by voice and some 
fancy displaying technology. So um, we, we don't only deal with um, cars, we also deal with uh, two-wheelers, e-scooters, etc. So there is new trends of, um, of um, mobility, but you're absolutely right. COVID has created a counter trend, which is let's uh, let's get back into my private car. And if you want to do this, um, because it's it's safer, and we see this in in tourism also. By the way, we're building a product that helps you enjoy uh, visiting a city with your car because it tells you about it. And um, so that's the trend. But in, if you want to do this with a good conscience, you may want to acquire an electrical car, an EV, and then you can do it without thinking about the pollution you're creating and, and the, the, the climate crisis. Yeah, you can still do it. Yeah, it's, it's, a real, it's a really interesting time in the automotive space. Um, it, 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 it's very, very exciting to see what, what's, what's happening. I wouldn't agree. I mean, it's, it's really exciting. The acceleration and innovation, the new players entering the field, what people expect of their cars. I think it's unprecedented how, how quickly things change in the automotive industry. And this all thinking of, let's think in three, five, four-year production cycles no longer exists. So. I'm Mark Kelly, Chief Customer Officer at Aldous International, and you've been listening to the AI in Action podcast. Our guest today has been Niels Lenka at Serens, where he's a VP and General Manager at BU. You can follow Aldous AI in Action on www.aldous.com podcast. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Join us next week for another AI in Action podcast episode. Thank you for listening. AI in Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. Get the Aldus advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all us members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldus member and get the Aldus advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldus.com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.